This is episode number 98 of The Ships Podcast with A.J. Rice. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Ships Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you are all doing well. We have a very special guest joining us on today's episode. His name is AJ Rice, and he is the founder and CEO of Prevo Mobile, a tech startup making a dumb phone for modern times. It's a minimalist cell phone designed for kids with no internet, no social media, and and no games that has the modern touch-based user experience that we've come to expect in 2020. Prevo Mobile has launched a Kickstarter earlier this month, and you could find the link in the show notes. You are all in for a great episode with AJ. We talk about his philosophy for creating Prevo Mobile, and especially around the business models. We talk about how other tech companies are collecting as much data as possible, how they are only interested in gaining our attention. And we discuss how AJ completely flipped this on its head. We talk briefly about his privacy advocacy work, how to address privacy, and also that people don't necessarily need the customized options that smartphones and other latest technological gadgets provide. We also talk about the importance of building alternative options when it comes to tech, as well as the importance of enabling connection. So if you like this episode, please share it with a friend who you think it might resonate with. So without further ado, let me please introduce AJ Rice. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ships Podcast. Today's guest is AJ Rice. AJ, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to dive into this conversation with you because you are really tackling this issue of mindful tech use, of digital wellness, digital well-being from a design perspective. You you have created this phone, uh, the Prevo Mobile and I'm really excited to just dive in and, and, and talk with your creation of this, what inspired it, and really kind of what you're looking forward to in its implementation, hopefully in the world. Uh, so, so I'm really excited to have you on the show. Yeah, looking forward to it. So I'm wondering if you could just share with our listeners, just to start off, just a little bit about yourself. Where does your journey in pursuing this path begin? Yeah, so uh, I started my career in the in the enterprise software industry, so large uh, software platforms that are used by big companies. And I've done a mix of a, a few different roles within those companies. And one of the things that that happened to me is 
by virtue of being in tech and being you know adjacent to uh, a lot of tech platforms is I got a really deep understanding of the business models that inspire uh, a lot of ad-based technology companies. Uh, and in the context of a lot of uh, user-based technologies, it's really two primary incentives. Uh, one is to collect as much data about us as possible. Uh, and two is to get us to spend as much time using their product, whether it's a phone, an app, uh, or, or a web-based product as possible. And neither of these things are really good for consumers, just to, you know, to spend more time and have more data collected about us. So I thought, well, you know, how can I opt out of that paradigm? And as I looked for alternatives to that paradigm of, of technologies that are designed to be used as much as possible and collect as much data about us as possible, I really didn't see a lot of alternatives out there. Uh, I especially became concerned in the context of our, of our cell phones because it's one thing that we have social media and other products where they're designed to be used as much as possible, but we get a break from them when we go out in the world. But with our cell phones, we have access to them 24 hours a day, uh, and they're kind of always gnawing at us. So I thought, well, what if I created a cell phone that was designed to be used as little as possible? Uh, and there are cell phones which, which have limited functionality. There's dumb phones, which have been around for years and, and predate our smartphones, but they have these really old, clunky user interfaces, not because the people who built them are bad at their jobs, but mostly because they were designed like 10 years ago. Right, uh, right. And we live in a different world now with, with better uh, user experiences, especially for texting. I'm sure you remember uh, T9 texting where you had to press the one oh, yeah, three times. It's, to, it's classic. It's classic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what we're building with Prevo Mobile is a phone that has the, the limited functionality of, of the dumb phones of, of 10 years ago but with the modern user experience that we've come to expect in, in 2020. I really love that a lot because it's taking this business model that you were just talking about uh, with regards to collecting as much of our data as possible, collecting as much of our attention as possible, and really you know, taking that and flipping it completely on its head. I, I'm wondering, what, what was it, I guess, besides... Uh, you know, analyzing these business models, what what inspired this creation? Was it your own experience with technology? Was it those of like your loved ones or acquaintances nearby that you just saw so many people really wrapped up in their phones all the time? Yeah, so I think it's a combination of, of seeing it in a lot of other people. And then personally, I'm very passionate about, about privacy. Uh, and I do a lot of privacy advocacy work kind of outside of my day-to-day uh, -day job uh, and, you know, really looking at the, the lack of privacy in our current technology ecosystem and, and seeking to, to build an alternative for, for people who uh, were really fed up with the, 
with the lack of privacy that exists in our products. And also, I mean, I had, like most people, uh, was thinking about, well, what are the things I'm actually doing on my smartphone? Uh, and realizing that many of those things were, even if I wasn't abusing them that much, that they were harmful impacts on my life rather than, than helpful. Uh, so not, not feeling negatively about removing them and actually that removing them in a lot of ways could be a, a positive quality. Uh, so I set out on this mission trying to build a product that, uh, I really wanted for, for myself. Uh, what I realized, uh, and we as a company realized fairly quickly is that while there are a, a number of adults who, who face, uh, these same questions and problems as, as I did and, and are looking for an alternative, where we've gotten the most traction and, and the most excitement is from parents who are looking to keep in touch with their kids, but not give them access to the whole internet and everything that comes with it. Yeah, yeah, I think, and then that leads me actually nicely to my next question with regards to your specific focus on really marketing this technology to kids. What is the the rationale behind that? Because I assume with the people that you've talked to that there's also adults who would be very interested in this type of phone as well. But why is it that you've decided to really hone in and focus on kids specifically? Well, I, again, I think there's a, a, a lot of interest and demand there. And that's what we've seen from from talking to, to customers and, and potential customers. Uh, I think one of the the things, especially in our, you know, attention-based economy is that when you're trying to sell a product, you really need to, you have about four seconds for it to resonate with the user, uh, for them to understand it and, and look into it and, and, and actually evaluate buying it. And one of the things that I found in talking to adults is a lot of times it's potentially a fit but it's a much longer conversation and discovery process. It's someone who, who hadn't really considered uh, whether a, a dumb phone might be an alternative to what they're doing, who, yes, has problems with their smartphone usage, but isn't looking actively for a replacement. Uh, and with parents, a lot of times we find that we talk about we're, what we're doing and they're like, yes, this is exactly what I need immediately. And just kind of that... Uh, immediate understanding of, of what we're trying to do. And, you know, parents are, are thinking about, uh, these problems all the time. And, you know, many parents at one stage or another are grappling with the decision of whether to get their child a, a cell phone and, and what kind of cell phone that should be. Uh, and I think there's a natural uh, resonance with that group. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. It, it's been my experience in this field as well that there tends to be a lot more enthusiasm for either these type of products or perhaps these type of services when it's specifically tailored to kids, to families, to, to parents specifically. And just, I, I'm curious, just with regards to the conversations that you've had with people, why do you think it is that adults tend to, I guess, not think about it as much or maybe not be a, as aware as to the effects that technology is having on them? A lot of adults are 
are potentially aware or at least partially aware. Uh, I think it, in, in many cases, it's just kind of more ingrained and accepted as the status quo. And that can be very difficult to, to change what they see as an inevitability. Uh, and I think with maybe those things should be, uh, you know, reevaluated and, and looked at and, and people can come to their, their own decisions, but, you know, they probably deserve more scrutiny. And, you know, that's what we're here talking about. But, uh, I think with, with kids and, and parents, there, there isn't that same, uh, inevitability because, you know, kids from a certain age, they, they aren't, you know, they aren't exposed to technology 24 hours a day from birth. It's something that, that has to be introduced at some point. And then parents get into the, uh, the thought process of when should I introduce technology and how and, and in, you know, what moderation and how to think about those issues. So I think it's, it's really just the fact that they, uh, a lot of times don't have a smartphone already that enables parents to, uh, kind of think about it from scratch as opposed to having to upend the, the status quo. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense too. It's, it's kind of figuring out ways to ease us into this technology so that it's not really overwhelming to start with. And I'm wondering from a design perspective, how is it when you were designing this phone, the Prevo mobile phone that you like, how is it that you decided what would be on the phone? What wouldn't be on the phone? Because obviously I, I would imagine that those choices are very intentional. So I'm wondering if you could just share with us how you went about making those decisions. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I get a lot in terms of uh, from talking to, to parents and, and other potential customers that they're like, oh, this is perfect. I just wanted to have one additional feature, this one extra thing. And then you talk to another person and they say, oh, this is exactly what I want, but I just need this other one additional thing. And so many people need one additional thing. And if you listen to all of them and then add each of the one additional things, they're all different. Uh, some of them are the same, but they're <laughs> all different. So you add them all and then you've just got a full featured smartphone. So you really have to draw lines, uh, uh, somewhere. One of the things that, uh, you know, kind of guiding principles from the start were, uh, you know, no social media and no games and just having, you know, a pretty hard and fast rule about that. Uh, one of the more difficult decisions was around, uh, there's no internet. So there's not only no browser on the phone, there's literally no applications which can access the internet. And the phone is not even, uh, is literally not even capable of accessing the internet. Uh, and, you know, there's a number of reasons for that. One is to, you know, cut off a lot of, uh, specific functionality, which is internet enabled. And, you know, if you have a browser, then you're basically enabling people to do everything. Uh, and the other, the other consideration was around, uh, privacy, um, which is, you know, not our, our primary focus, but still a, a big part of, of everything we do. And, Building a, uh, building a private smartphone is a 
is a nearly impossible undertaking. Uh, and, you know, companies have made efforts, but these connected devices are just, they're so hard to build in a secure and, and private manner. And really having a phone that literally does not connect to the internet makes it so much easier to create a, a really private and secure product uh, that, you know, in our view, even more so than our competitors and uh, doing so and, and limiting that access to the internet really uh, improves that, that capability. Uh, from there, you know, we just started to think about the things, well, what are the, the most useful, uh, what are the most useful capabilities? Uh, you know, call and text was the obvious starting point. It's like, well, we're going to have call and text. Uh, you know, an alarm clock was kind of next as, and just a clock as a general good thing. Uh, a camera is something we had initially, uh, didn't think was necessarily a great idea, but um, where we got overwhelming feedback from from customers and potential customers that, that that's something that was really important to them uh, and something they really wanted. Uh, and and then we 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 added a, a calendar as well as the as the fifth capability, and and that's it. So it's really just call, text, camera, alarm clock, and a calendar. Uh, and, and part of it is from a design perspective. It's a little, uh, it's six icons. The sixth icon is settings. So it's a little three by two, uh, matrix, which, which works really nicely from a, a design and, and user experience perspective. I really love it too. I love the simplicity behind it also because it's so easy to make technology make our lives so complex. And when we're scrolling through our smartphones and there's just a bunch of apps and just a wide variety of things to click on, it really works on us, I think, on this subconscious level of overwhelming our minds and really allowing us to lose focus and to just be easily distracted. And so that's always been an appeal of mine to products that, that like what you're creating is that there's this simplicity to it. And there's this really striving towards a more simple way of living. Yeah, that's exactly how we think about it. And one of the things that, uh, you know, people say or that, you know, I've heard a lot of people say is that a lot of other companies you know, operate under the mantra, we want to give you options for, you know, to do everything. And it's like, well, you can customize it however you want. And a lot of times people don't necessarily want options. They want, okay, here's a, you know, a very fixed, simple thing that works in a, in a specific way. Uh, and if it's, if it works correctly and right by default, then I don't necessarily need a ton of customization options to, to change it and, and access all sorts of different things. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I, I think that, uh, you know, it's a, the paradox of choice of really being stunted by so many different options that we can choose from. Exactly. But then when we have, but then when we have one phone that is functional, we're like, okay, it, it makes text, it makes calls. And then, you know, I could use it as an alarm clock. It's like that there's something that's, super easy, super low stress about all of that, 
that I imagine makes makes that that sort of phone very attractive to potential buyers. Yeah, well, that's that's what we're striving for, and yeah, we're having a little bit of success right now, and, and hopefully a lot more in the in the years to come. Now, how does the Prevo mobile phone? How does it interact with other phones? Does it? Is it? I, I I'm <laughs> when it comes to this sort yeah. of stuff, I'm very ignorant. I don't know yeah. <laughs> much at all. But if I were to get a, a Prevo mobile phone, would it be able to uh, communicate with people who had? a wide variety of different type of smartphones or uh, how do, how does it work on that end? Yeah. So you would just get a, it's a, what we call an unlocked phone. So that means you can get a, a cell plan from, from your choice of cellular provider. And then you just plug a, a SIM card into the phone and then it works like any other phone in that you can make calls and texts to, to anyone else who has a, uh, a phone number uh, that's, that's plugged in. It's it's great to know that really, you know, p- people could use this in a way that is both efficient and effective for themselves while still being able to communicate regularly with other people. Uh, I, I really love it a lot. And I, I guess my next question for you would be, why is it important to make a phone like this right now? Why not uh, five years from now or 10 years from now? Why is now the time to do this? Uh, frankly, I think maybe a couple of years ago would have been the time to, to do this. But uh, now is, is better than, uh, than, than a few years from now. I think, you know, as we started at the, at the top talking about uh, the business models around uh, these phones being, you know, to collect more data about us and to collect or to capture more of our attention and get us to spend as much time on our phones as possible. Uh, and really creating an alternative uh, for for that paradigm. Uh, one of the things I I like to talk about in the in the context of kids is, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of outstanding research on the impacts of of technology and smartphones in particular on on young children. Uh, you know, there's studies that show correlations between screen time usage and social media usage and things like depression, loneliness, and anxiety. Uh, I should, with the caveat that correlation is, is not the same thing as, as causation. Uh, but within the context of, of kids and, and smartphones, there's, there's a lot of research, but there's still uh, a lot we don't know. Uh, but I would say that you know, regardless of what your views are on on kids and and technology usage and smartphones in particular, and and I tend to be uh, more skeptical of of the impacts. Uh, skeptical of the what's the word I'm looking for? Skeptical of the benefit uh, relative to the harm of giving a child a smartphone. Uh, but regardless of of how you feel about that. There's an age at which it might make sense uh, for your kid to have a phone for you to be able to keep in touch with them. And there's an age at which uh, you you want, might want your kid to have a smartphone that has access to the whole internet. And we can disagree about what those ages are, uh, but for most kids, those are probably different ages. Uh, and we have what we think is a great solution for that that interim period. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just uh, the the method of going behind it, of really creating another option. And I think that at the end of the day, that's that's what's so important about what you're doing is because in a lot of ways, smartphones seem like our only option. Like, yes, we could go out and buy flip phones. <laughs> they still sell those at a variety of stores. Mm -hmm. But that, like you mentioned at the top of our conversation, the user interface isn't, it isn't very functional nowadays. No. And so because of that, a lot of times people feel like they only have this one option of the smartphone and then they get caught up in all the options of what they can download with apps and everything. But what's great about what you're doing is that you're providing an alternative option. And in my opinion, an alternative solution uh, an alternative way of living. And I know that sounds like pretty dramatic, but uh, smartphones have become such a, an ingrained part of our society. And to have another option that is more simplistic, that really develops more of a balance in our life, I think that's something that the world definitely needs right now. So, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. One of the things I like to say is that, uh, Building products is all about making trade-offs and, and managing trade-offs. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that, you know, build smartphones that build great products. Uh, but we're, you know, building a product with a very different set of trade-offs than, than they're making. And, you know, it's not to say that our set of trade-offs are, you know, objectively better or worse. Uh, it's just that for a certain a certain set of the population, uh, and we think especially for for a lot of kids, it's a it's a better set of trade offs uh, than some of the alternatives. And that's not to say that everyone is going to get one of our phones, but for for some people, hopefully a lot, uh, we think that that our set of trade offs might be better aligned with with their needs. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering just through your experience, really given everything that we've talked about and the whole process that you've been through with designing and creating the Prevo mobile phone, what are your greatest concerns regarding technology? And then on the flip side of that, where are some glimmers of hope that, that you might have found in developing this product? It's a really great question. Uh, where to begin? Uh Let's start with concerns. Uh, so I, I mean, I guess the, the concerns, I have two primary concerns and they really come back to, uh, the same, the same source, which is, is the business models of, of how these companies make money. Uh, and, you know, in this, most of our technology usage, uh, the companies make money. Uh, off of advertising and, and the incentives that creates. And there's two uh, issues, both of which I find uh, very problematic and, and potentially harmful, uh, which we've talked about. One is the uh, incentive to collect as much information about us as possible and to neglect our privacy. Uh, and two is to get us to spend as much time using their products as possible. Uh, so you know, in the context of things like social media, that leads to, okay, what is the the content that's going to be, you know, most engaging to you? Well, a lot of times that's, uh, it's things that are the most polarizing. 
So what is the, so it's something, it leads to the spread of misinformation to the things potentially that you already believe or promotes a lot of anger and hostility uh, and really exacerbates and amplifies a lot of the problems that we have in, in other parts of our society. Uh, as far as encouragement in terms of, of what I've seen in this process, I think just the, the number of people and companies, uh, not specifically in, in cell phones, but in, in other, uh, areas of technology that are, are trying to build alternatives to, to the current, uh, players that we, that a lot of us see as kind of the only option, uh, and that there is this, uh, upswell of, of, of effort to, to try to build alternatives. The other thing that's been really encouraging, uh, to me is I think in, in the last year or two, especially, I think there's been a real change in attitude among the, the general population to start to take these issues, uh, more seriously. And there's been a lot of, uh, increased education. And I think, you know, some of the things that we're, we're talking about today, uh, even a year or two ago to, to a lot of people would have seemed like, Oh, what are the, what are you really talking about? Uh, and, and now have a, have a much broader understanding in, in the general public and, and a lot more kind of questioning and, and concern about, uh, some of the things that, that have been going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, I've noticed that as well, that there is definitely more of a conversation around the effects that technology is having on us, really the detrimental effects that technology can have on us as well. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot more conversation going on with regards to how we're building technology, how we're designing it and really what things are looking like moving towards the future. Because of course, technology is only going to continue to advance. So what can we do in order to really switch up these business models a bit? I I'm wondering if you could talk with us a little bit. You know, So much of what we talk about on this podcast is about the importance of meaningful connection and relationships, specifically in today's digital age. So I'm wondering, from your perspective, how can adopting, as you say, a, a dumb phone for modern times, how, how can adopting this help us in connecting on a deeper level with each other as people? Yeah, I think just I mean, the number one thing is limiting the, the distraction and enabling us to, to focus on what really matters. And so much of that is, is human connection and, and human interaction and, you know, still having a product trying to be a product that enables that rather than than detracts from it uh and i i think that's the the number one thing one thing just as a, a personal caveat for uh for anyone out there who's thinking of starting a dumb phone company uh one of the one of the things that uh that happened at least to me uh when i started uh Prevo mobile and you know started you know, using a dumb phone and getting passionate about, about dumb phones is, uh, I just became hyper aware of how much everyone else was on their cell phones all the time. 
Uh, so whether it's in whether whether I'm in an elevator or at a restaurant, you know, or at the dinner with friends. So just kind of noticing that and, you know, also noticing my own behavior. Like if I'm checking my phone, uh, when I'm, when I'm out with, with a friend of mine and, and really trying to just be more present and, and limit the, limit the distraction. And, uh, you know, another thing I guess I've become aware of is, I think we naturally operate under the assumption that so much of, of what happens in our lives or on platforms we use is, is urgent or pressing, uh, that we need to, you know, respond to every email within 10 minutes or that we're same for text messages or, you know, notifications on other platforms. And I think, you know, really taking a step back, uh, can help and you know it depends on the person and and their situation and their and their job uh, and their family situation but a lot of times i think for a lot of people it's you know so much of what what pulls our attention away is really not urgent and can wait to till a moment where you know we're not interacting with other people and and really focusing you know on that human connection when we're having it and and being 100% uh, focused on it. That's, that's absolutely true. I love what you mentioned about really smartphones and technology. It, it really does have this tendency to make things seem super urgent because we see those notifications and they're in red and they look so tempting to click on that really we, yeah. we excuse ourselves. We're like, oh, you know, this will just take <laughs> a minute. And then before you know it, you're scrolling through a bunch of things that you don't really need to be scrolling through. And yeah, exactly. it just, there's this urgency that it, it fuels in us and we can't hold ourselves back and we just end up going down this rabbit hole. So I absolutely agree with you is really, really taking the time to take a step back and really be aware of what's, what's going on and really how, how technology is affecting our behavior. <laughs> Well, AJ, thank you so much for joining us on the Ships podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time not only to come on the show, but also in the work that you're doing with creating Prevo Mobile. I think that a phone like this is absolutely needed nowadays. I think that designing a specifically a product that is separate from technology that we're so used to using all the time is really going to be a powerful solution to find different alternatives, to find different options, and to really change the course into how we are communicating, interacting, and relating to technology, and then therefore in our relationships as well. So thanks so much for the work that you're doing. Thanks for having me. Before heading out, I'm wondering if you could just share with our listeners some information where they could find out more about you and your work and potentially get their hands on a Prevo mobile phone. Yeah, so I, I'm not on any social media on brand, uh, but if you want to learn more and get a Prevo mobile phone, go to prevomobile.com. That's P-R-I-V-O mobile. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure to include the link to that in the show notes. So listeners out there, just scroll down in the show notes and click that link provided. So AJ, I have one last question for you. What is your definition of a deep, meaningful relationship? Oof. 
it's a tough question. It's a, it's a hard thing to define. Uh, I think you kind of, you know it when you, it's more a, more a feeling than a, a level of, of frequency and, or interaction. It's just, you know, someone that, that touches you and, and impacts your life and, uh, and hopefully that, that you can do the same for them. That's perfect. We'll leave our listeners with that then. So AJ, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thanks again. I hope you enjoyed this episode with AJ. He gave us a lot of great information as to why Prevo Mobile exists and why we should start thinking about developing technology for us, for the human beings, as opposed to technology being created to manipulate us or take away our attention. So AJ, thank you so much for coming out on the show. If you liked this episode, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. Share it with a friend who you think it might resonate with. Also, if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. Said voicemail may be released on a future episode, so please call in. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing episodes with insightful messages and inspiring guests. So if you're interested in supporting, just scroll down in the show notes and click the link provided. As always, thank you so much for tuning into the Ships Podcast, everyone. I really appreciate you always coming to these episodes ready and willing to learn. So until next time, I'll catch you all in the next episode. <laughs>